Hello and welcome to another episode of Echo Nest, the podcast. I am your host, Warren Sharp, flying solo, driving home uh, for some lunch to see the pups from the day job at Car Amps in Pittsburgh, North Carolina. Um, coming off of a very successful weekend recording drums for um, the, uh, well, it's, it's not named, but um, the Echo Nest LP. Um, so I'm feeling very good today, very accomplished, and uh, even though I didn't track a single note, um, which is always, it's always a great way to wake up on a Monday. Um, so, um, yeah, I guess, uh, I, I just noticed I have another episode I was supposed to publish. I don't even know what it's about. I can't, I think it was music theory and, uh, man, I hope it's good. Um, I guess I wanted to talk a little bit today about, um, the recording process that we did, um, what, uh, what, what, what the, what the pre-production was, um, the beginnings of the production and what our next steps are. And then some of our kind of future pipe dreams for the recording. Um, and, uh, yeah. So, uh, I'm sure that the music theory podcast will be up before this one. Um, I would love to hear uh, some feedback on, um, did you enjoy it? Did you not enjoy it? <laughs> what, uh, maybe, uh, maybe you're somewhere in the middle. What could have made it better? What are some cool topics to do music theory related or otherwise? Um, and, um, uh, yeah, hit, hit me up. I'm available. Um, oh, I guess I also, uh, should mention, um, I'm getting back into, uh, teaching. So if anybody's interested in lessons, hit me up um, uh, kind of do a standard rate, but, uh, especially for people who are in the same, um, um, oh, what is it? The, you know, the similar situation as myself where I am, a uh, a, a, a semi pro musician. Um, we have, a uh, uh, we can work around whatever rates uh, you can afford. Um, and, uh, yeah, so hit me up about that. Um, and we don't sacrifice any uh, quality for that too. It's not like all of a sudden it's a, it's a five minute lesson, but yes, it just, uh, (laughs) it just hit me up. So, um, so yeah, we were, we recorded, um, at Walter Stanley's place, Walter Stanley of Frontside, um, a fantastic band out of, um, I guess they're, uh, I guess out of Durham, North Carolina. Um, Frontside is a band that I've, I've known about, um, for many years now. Um, uh, one of my old bands used to play with them and, um, I actually had no idea that they had been a band for so much longer than even when my old band was, was kind of starting up and playing with them. So pretty cool stuff. Uh, Frontside is absolutely fantastic though. Uh, if you're a fan of Cody and Cambria, Fall of Troy, um, even bands like, like, like Fall Out Boy and Panic at the Disco, um, Walter's voice is unbelievable. The riffs are absolutely killer. And, um, I mean, what else is there to say about them? Uh, so check them out and fucking get into that gnarly ass math rock. All right. Now that we've successfully switched lanes. Um, so yeah, recording there was uh, absolutely fantastic. Um, after we had done our two days of, of drum tracking, um, 
I don't know how much he was uh, he was joking about it, but he did ask like, "What would you rate?" You know, this thing. I think he was just trying to gauge like what what he could have done better or whatever, which which is uh, very sweet. And I mean, I was just, you know, it was it was a it was a it was a ten out of ten experience. It was a thirteen out of ten experience. It was a, it was a twenty out of ten experience. It was just absolutely fantastic. Walter is so great at um, getting getting a good sound. Um, getting a really good live sound uh, out of out of his rooms and and with his mics um, you're, you're not going there and looking at two thousand dollar Neumanns or whatever however many thousand dollar Neumanns but the sound is just unbelievable it is it reminds me of well it's 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 very much an old-school vibe but he's using modern techniques and so you get this really fantastic sound that you're able to shape um, really well after after you've already tracked everything. Uh, I think we mic'd up um, a four-piece drum kit with uh, four cymbals. Um, I think we ended up using like 14 mics or something. It, it was it was insane. Um, one of my specific requests for this recording process was a very very live sound. A, a huge roomy live sound so I think we actually did I don't actually I don't know if we did more than what he normally would have done but we had a uh, we did all the close mics and, and the overheads then we had um, a, uh, a mic about I don't know five six feet from the drum set right in front of it playing at the bass drum we had another mic um, about 15 feet from the drum kit pointed at a wall which I th- to me look like the dumbest thing I've ever seen but I mean the proof is in the pudding um, and then we also had another mic uh, on like the other side of, of the basement um, where, where, where we were recording um, that was behind a blanket even so it was, it was only picking up reflections and, and um, it wasn't getting like a, a, a direct thing um there was, a, I think, there was also another pair of stereo room mics that I don't even know where they were. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't know what they were or where they were located, but whatever. It was just unbelievable, though. The drums just sound—they remind me a lot of, um, uh, well, like the Nirvana stuff, um, blended with some of the more early two thousands uh, records. Um, for me, notably. Uh, the Cody and Cambria record, uh, their third album, which is uh, Burning Star 4 Volume 1. Um, and then uh, we were able to shape it that I thought we had some really fantastic snare sounds that I I think Nolly and, you know, any modern gent guy would have been very proud of. So, uh, snare does not sound like shit. I can attest to that. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was really, really cool. I was really happy with how all this came out um in 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 getting ready for this crazy ass production uh set up a bunch of files for him that ended up being fucking bullshit and did a bunch of shitty scratch guitar tracks that uh i think all of them were just the uh, demo recordings um with reverb slapped on them i mean um with the metronome printed in there uh and then ultimately with reverb on there, so those last two things were really fucking stupid. I don't know why I did that. Um, I think it was really just a 
some combination of anxiety and laziness and forgetfulness. I guess all three of those things just mixed together into these really shitty scratch tracks that actually um, <laughs> were not helpful. <laughs> they were almost completely useless. Um, and uh, <laughs> whatever. But uh, Mike and Walter were able to work with those things um, really well. Uh, do what needed to be done and track some really fantastic sounding drums. Uh, so we did a little bit of mixing and stuff and left after another eight hour day. Uh, and Walter sent us um, a bunch of of uh, rough mixes to listen to, and the three of us I think are just blown away by it. Um, actually, I think I don't. I'm not sure if Keith has gotten a chance to listen to it at this time. Still the AM. But me and Mike are very happy with how the stuff is turning out. Um, yeah, so the next steps are uh, Keith is going to start tracking bass. Um, I, I guess I can actually start tracking some of the guitar stuff, especially for the things that are um, like really like songs that are supposed to be super tight with the metronome or, or maybe songs that um, the guitar is more of like an atmospheric thing. I can probably start doing a bunch of that shit. And, uh, that way, you know, I don't have to wait completely until Keith is done, which would be, I guess, nice. Um, I guess after we're done with all of that tracking, though, um, I guess we're going to be sending it back to Walter to mix. Uh, we're going to track out our houses because it's 2021 and we're able to do that, um, very easily. Um, and I think this will be great for Keith, especially with the baby and, um, yeah, I guess we're going to get, you know, his sound that he normally does, and then a DI. And I guess I'm going to, I think regardless of what I do, I think I'm supposed to be doing the same thing. Um, I'm going to attempt to do some uh, live guitar tracking uh, at my house. And, uh, or like live, live amp tracking at my house. And maybe at, um, maybe at uh, my, uh, my practice space so I can turn some shit up or whatever. Um, but I'm already kind of planning that all the leads are just going to be done on, uh, like neural stuff. And, um, I guess, I guess kind of the Meshuggah thing, you know, track the rhythm stuff with live amps and then do the leads on, on the axe effects or the neural or whatever. Um, there's definitely a weight to an amp that's, um, that's in the, the physical world that has uh, a mic placed as good as you can get it, but it's, it'll never really be there, at least for me, be there. And then just the way that the air interacts, it's, it's, I don't know. It just, it almost always seems to sound better. Uh, there's a feel thing, I guess, that the digital stuff doesn't quite have, like all the boomers say, myself included here. But the sound is just so incredible that I don't, you know, just maybe play through a real amp, but then just use the DI into something. I don't know. Uh, that's something I guess that still needs to be, I need to figure out, but whatever. Um... Yeah, uh, I guess kind of figuring that out. But I have, um, 
I now have three options as to how to record, and then there's a, a and then I have uh, two additional options as where to do uh, the live amps, whether it's at my house, at my practice space, or at uh, Walters. So it's like I I, I kind of feel a bit like um, I have too many options. Um, which I think for a lot of people is a good problem, but for me definitely isn't. And, uh, I don't know, I'll figure it out, but it's, it's first world problems. Um, which is, uh, really something I, uh, you know, I probably should shut the fuck up. Um, well, I'm here at the house. I'm going to go eat some lunch and play with the pups a little bit. Um, and then I'll be back, uh, continuing uh, my lamenting on a project I set up for myself and, uh, talk about, um, I think that the most fun thing is going to be the, uh, the sick pipe dreams that, uh, I have for, for this, uh, recording session. So, um, yeah, I'll see you in a bit. And I'm back. Um, it actually took, uh, about a day to get back here, but whatever. Um, I think what I left off talking about was the what we're going to do for the guitar and bass recording. Um, and uh, I guess moving on to the um, kind of crazier stuff. There are uh, two features I want to have um, on the uh, record. Um, one of them is for a, a tune that we have in five. Um, we've been calling that tune uh, Butterflies Drink Turtle Tears. Um, and it has this, um, uh, what, what would you call it? Um, not an ostinato, but like, uh, well, I guess it's this, it's this, um, melodic passage that keeps repeating a motif, right? A motif in a five, eight, and it's just five, eight notes that, um, follows the chord changes. And I have it harmonized, I, I think, as, a, as triads, just these little things. And I put it on the guitar, and um, I thought it sounded cool. But uh, I think I was listening to one of my friend's uh, records, um, and uh, who's a great synth player. Um, and he did this thing on the synth that was very similar to what, what I was already doing. Um, and I was like, oh, wow, that, that would be really cool. So, um, I'm going to try and get that feature on it, um, to, um, have kind of a different texture in that tune, uh, which I think is important on, um, when you're, when you're doing a record, uh, like I've noticed a lot of the, the records I really enjoy seem to have this kind of you know, like a, like a core tone of, um, of sounds. And then they bring in something else for each song or whatever. And maybe it's not even anything too crazy, but just having those different textural, textural elements, uh, especially because we recorded the drums in one day, or I'm sorry, two days. Uh, the guitars are, are probably going to be recorded on all of the kind of similar stuff. I don't think there's going to be too much variation there. And then the bass for sure is going to have uh, nearly uh, an identical tone going across all of it um, for the rhythm parts and then for the um, 
the rhythm parts and then for the uh, lead, you know, like kind of bass solo tones, um, we were probably only, only going to have those two. Uh, but so that's a, a big textural thing I, I want to uh, include on the record. Um, and uh, I think that could be sick. Uh, I think the, uh, the then the other thing we're really trying to do, this is uh, me and Keith's project, is we're trying to figure out how to get live strings on the record. Um, we have uh, three tunes. We, we released, uh, I guess uh, to explain that, is we released uh, an EP last year, um, which we were supposed to tour for. Um, uh, for anyone listening to this uh, years in the future, that was the COVID-19 year um, when everything shut down. So obviously that didn't happen, um, and but we released the EP anyway, just because it was it was only three songs. It, it, the, the The idea was to um, go on tour anyway. It, it was it was to to play the songs live. So the the EP, you know, was really just a way for us to call up a venue and be like, hey, we've got this thing we're doing, um, you know let us play here so with that not working out we just released it and said fuck it um so now that we are re-recording those songs um it's about uh well I guess just making them they have to sound more interesting for one since we're basically just re-recording the music um but I think they need to have a grander thing to them. So Keith wrote these really beautiful string arrangements um, for all three of the tunes um, and kind of use the string part as like a through line to connect to all three of the songs. Um, which is, you know, a very, uh, a very hip thing, um, I guess. I don't know. It was just cool. It was cool to hear, I guess. Um, I'm, I'm rambling around. I don't... What, what's going on with my brain? My brain just shut off for a moment. That was amazing. Um, but... Uh, oh, man. But, yeah, so... Uh, we're trying to get live strings. That's where I'm going with this whole thing. We're trying to get live strings onto that. Um, so, I believe Keith said he did something where it's like... It's actually seven different... I thought he just wrote a quartet. Um, maybe with the addition of, like, an upright... You know, or you know, like a I guess double bass is what we say in the in the classical world, right? But um, using the uh, uh, using using um, using a bass, a, a big old fat double bass for the um, super low stuff, I guess. But I guess he actually wrote. It's I think he said a lot of it's like a seven part thing. Oh my gosh, this person just pulled out right in front of me for no reason. What an ass. And. Um, we, uh, yeah, so we recorded the, or he, he wrote this thing. We just used, like, string samples to do it. Um, and, you know, I guess they, they don't sound great. The parts sound really beautiful. Um, but, you know, I guess using some kind of, uh, you, you just know when it's not real strings. Uh, especially when things are out in the open, which they kind of are in, in our, um, our, uh, our music for that. So, so for a third time, we are trying to get real strings. The biggest hurdle here um, 
is is finances, right? That's kind of what it almost always is for a small band. Finances in one way or another. Whether it's you can't afford to go on tour or you can't leave your job to go on tour or you're trying to record something and you just can't pay people. Um, anyone who is doing violin, cello, any of the, any of the fretless bowed instruments, they can pretty much ask for whatever money they want because that is such... Such a, such a skill, especially in a small place like uh, the Triangle area of North Carolina. So it'd be really easy if we're able to get people from the area that we know to do it. But, I mean, we're going to have to pay them. Um, because it's going to be a full day's work recording it. If we want to have everyone sit down um, in a studio and do it. So that's going to be you know, that's a lot. Um, and I, I, I don't see how it would be, uh, any less than the normal guitarist rate for a gig, um, times four and, um, maybe even more than that. Or, or, uh, uh, I would imagine actually that the ba- that their bass rate is probably even higher than the guitar, uh, than a guitarist, uh, for, especially for a recording thing. I have to imagine it's going to be even more than that. Um, then you you factor in the the studio that you have to pay for already. Kind of gets out of hand. Okay, so what if we subtract the studio from the equation? What if we record it at some one of our houses? What if we record it at uh, our practice space and just do that? Okay, so now we've subtracted I don't know hundred dollars from the equation. Unfortunately, that's really not the big thing. So then, can we call in any favors? <laughs> I doubt it. It's kind of too big of a favor. So what What do we do then? Um, but that's, you know, that's just what we do. But I guess you still have to reach out to people. I will say, uh, the, the last couple of minutes have definitely been the train of thought thing. And just to continue with that, I, I don't even... I, I, I kind of feel bad even hitting, hitting up my friends because... Um, like, what am I supposed to pitch them with? Especially now as we're getting older. It's like, you know, I'm 30 now. It's like, hey, can you, like, do this thing for free for me? Because, you know, I'm still trying to fucking make this shit happen. And it's like, it's too expensive. <laughs> you know, I don't I don't think so. Um, but I guess I can try and just be an asshole about it. Um, I, uh, yeah, and just see where it goes. Um, unfortunately, I know very talented musicians, so they can, they can charge a good price. So then do we say, hey, do you have anyone who's, like, not as good as you that can do it? Um, and just do shit like that. I don't even know. Uh, but we'll, we're gonna, we're gonna figure it out for sure. Um, because I think it just, I think it really needs it. And I think, like... Even if we can just get people to record it with, like, you know, record their 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 violin with, like, I don't know, a a blue Yeti or something, um, and just send in parts, I think that could be really great. I mean, and if you get enough of them, it'll probably be fine, right? I guess we'll find out. Um, but after all this stuff is done, all this guitar, all this bass, now the drums are done. Um, and whatever else little weird things we can add into there. Uh, 
yeah, it's going to be mixing it. And I, I, th I think the, the, the plans we're going to uh, do, the, the, what, what we are going to be looking for as a, as a band, um, is going to be some kind of like a distribution deal as well as a booking agent. Um, that's, that's kind of what I want to do. Um, the other side of it though, that I don't think is nearly as fun, uh, but is effective in a different way, uh, would be trying to get some label that can put us on a bunch of different, um, playlists and, uh, kind of get the name out there more. Um, I think regardless though, the, the video work that we're going to have to do, the playthrough video work and getting that around is going to fall upon um, me and the band. Um, well, I'm home again. Today is Tuesday. Uh, so let's see if I can maybe, I think that's pretty much it though. That's our recording update for right now. Um, so thanks for listening. You know, the drill from all, all the podcasts we listen to, it's, uh, you know, follow us on all the shit, find us individually, and, um, yeah, uh, see you around, later on.